From deep in the Burbank Media District, it's time for another edition of My Burbank Talks, presented by the staff of My Burbank. Now, let's see what's on today's agenda as we join our program. Hello, everybody. Craig Sherwood here with you once again, along with, of course, the infamous Ross Benson. Hi there. Well, here it's we go. A week. It's been a week. It's you know, I I guess I haven't been in the studio in a week. No, but I have. I bet you have. And sometimes I feel like I live here sometimes. <laughs> okay, well let's uh let's take a look see at the uh the week that was and the week that'll be. You know, it looks like um you know, once again, you know, the week before Labor Day, you know, the weeks leading up to Labor Labor Day is a little less a little less hectic than usual, so not as much as it usually is, but enough, there's enough to talk about here. Let's go back to last Tuesday's council meeting. Was it raining last Tuesday? Oh, okay. No, I think that was the weekend. Was it the weekend? No, it was the weekend. Cats, and, do- cats and dogs living as one. Well, all I know is I'm losing weeks here. Well, I, I agree. Back to the council meeting. Like, the only major item was the RFP, and the RFP stands for Request for Proposal. And that's about the, um, the Burbank Center stage, which, of course, we all know is the Colony Theater. And the council basically has decided that they are going to now take the matter up for themselves, and they're going to come up with their own questions and do their own interviews in an open public meeting. Um, and they're going to decide who the best tenant for the, for the Burbank center stage, also known as the colony theater will be. Um, and I think that's a, a, a real good decision. And once again, a responsible decision. Well, you know, I, I kind of paid attention to that meeting. It was a full house and it was a hot topic, but you know, there were a lot of speakers and I got to say our former mayor, good friend of ours, Marsha. Ramos got up and spoke and said, you guys don't have all the facts here. How can you make a decision? Good point. And I I believe it was council member Mullins that basically went with that theory that after hearing both sides talk, all the input, they didn't have a fair what's in front of them on what to do. And that's been the screwy, screwy thing of this whole process you know i i I mean i blame park and rec i really do i think they've they've dropped the ball on this completely i think they've had a a situation where they're they're not over their heads but they're just there's there's too many fish in the in the ocean for them you know i mean look what park and rec they have the golf course they've got the tennis center they've got the hockey rink over at at, um yeah they've got now they got the animal shelter, and they got the Starlight Bowl, and they got Burbank Center Stage, and that, and, and I'm sure they have more than that too, and and maybe they just have too much, you know. Maybe you know they need to have dedicated people who are always on these things instead of you know coming up and saying, "Oh, we we got to worry about this now." Oh, somebody go do that for us, you know. Well, they said at that meeting, and it kind of blew me away. But they had one guy doing it. But they, but then the golf course came up, and he had to go right, run the golf course. Right, the person that just blows me away. That okay, so, so we, we have, have an emergency at the golf course. They take one person. Move. They said they moved his office to the golf course. 
I'm sorry, you can't walk and chew bubble gum at the same time? Well, I understand. What, we have nobody else? That we're, we have how many assistant directors there paying hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, and, and there's nobody else who can say, okay, I've got the, you know, yeah. I'll take that on. You yeah. know, I mean, I, I just, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, it just doesn't sound like a good excuse. And they did go over the proposals four or five years ago and awarded to, to the colony back then, and now I think, well, that wasn't really an RFP. Well, you had a contract with them. You know, we did a new contract. Why? Why is that not a good enough situation? Well, it, it, I, I, there's a lot of problems. You know, I'm gonna say I'm very happy with the council. I really think our council now is more in tune with the people than our councils in the past. I think our councils before were were bureaucratic and and just you know they they didn't really understand the pulse of the city and the pulse of the people. They just you know kind of associated with the same people over and over again, really, and I got the same opinions over and over from people. I think they're a lot more in tune now. They're a lot more modern thinking, and you know they're trying to do the right thing. I think. Well, I I agree. They, I will say that when Councilmember Mullins brought up uh, how they should move forward, I'm sorry to say, everything falls on our city manager. Our parks department is a division of the city, right? Like public works. Or like the police department, the fire department, finance. Was our city manager aware of all the, as Mike Nolan would say, you know, I won't say it. Oh, you can say it. We're a PG show. You know, it just kind of gets me how that whole process worked. And it didn't. And and I think. No, you're right. It, it didn't work. And I, And maybe he's not because. Who knows what kind of reports he gets to the staff meetings? Yeah, you know, if you're if you're not doing your job very well, you got to come to your, to your boss and say, you know, we're kind of dropping the ball on this. But just so you know, yeah, we're dropping the ball on this. <laughs> they're not they're not going to say anything to, to you know to the, the and how's the city manager supposed to know there's a problem until right. this all of a sudden? I'm sure he's a little bit embarrassed by it too because he doesn't want problems in the city. He, he wants the city to run smoothly. You know, we got enough things to, to worry about more or less than things like this coming up, but. You know, this and the, and the renters and everything else, it, there's a lot of things going on right now. Yeah, and, and on this one, you know, it, it just, the process that they're going to go through, they're going to open it up and they're going to, like you said, they're going to set questions for each, um, you know, um, what do you call them? Uh, a proponent, or not a proponent, um, uh, applicant. 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 And then they're going to have them either you know, sit outside while the other one answers it. And I think doing it out in the public, how they've decided to do uh, it. Absolutely. I, I, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Is that going to be a long meeting? And yeah. It's, yeah. It but you know be. what? And that's, but here, here's also a thing too. After Tuesday's meeting, they're not having another meeting until September 12th. And we'll talk about that in a second about the, the Wednesday meeting. But you know what? If we have these meetings going to one in the morning or mid, we need, why not have, you know, I, I'm not sure how it happens. I'm not sure how the municipal code does it. Maybe the the mayor calls it. I'm sure that's probably how the, the you know it has. The mayor would say we're going to have a special meeting, but maybe they had to have, add a meeting here and there to cover things like this and have a dedicated meeting to this process only. Well, I thought that's what they decided they were going to do because I thought Nikki Perez said we need a meeting that we have this item only. Well, yeah, but I, I, I hope that's, you know, that's in the plans because that's what they need to do. And, um, 
I, I just think, you know, if they need to call special meetings, they need to call special meetings. Right. I, I just think, you know, there's no meeting for three weeks. And when we get our, our next item, too, then I think it's going to be something that, you know. Um, but anyhow, to, to finish up this subject here, good for the council. And, you know, whoever they decide, at least we'll, we'll all understand why now. And I, I'd, I'd like everybody to read uh, Lisa Predis' story, our, our associate editor. She wrote, once again, an amazing follow-up piece about the entire meeting and what happened and some comments from people and everything else. But still, no comments from the YMCA. They still will not. And that, 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 that bothers me that why aren't they talking about this publicly? Why well, would they, you know? If you notice at the meeting, they did not listen to know how our city council works. They had a ton of people in there. They all signed to speak at the first oral. Yeah, at the first oral. And not, it's very clear. Not, this, not when the item came up. So when the item came up, and the council had already listened to the consent agenda and everything else. Then they open up the hearing. Nobody from the uh, YMCA could speak because they all spoke prior. Well, the funny part also was that there, as mayor called Mr. Greenpeace or Mr. Green. Well, that's one of the. Yeah, said, yeah but he didn't use his name. He kept calling him by his organization. So it was, it was, it was you know, probably not as respectful as it could be, but I, it was kind of comical. And I think he was doing it in. You know, he, he asked the guy to come up and talk because the guy didn't come up during the presentation. And I thought, you know, once again, good. You know, I mean, that's what we need. We need to find out. And you're not going to find out by by silence. Well, and also listening to the why they did speak during first orals. And they have some very, very intelligent people at the why and running the why. And they got up and spoke very eloquently. You could tell they've, you know, taken their courses and, you know, so forth. But um, like I said, wrapping this up, I'm glad it'll go back and the council will make the decision and make it public in front of everybody and so forth. And, and we'll let everybody know when that's going to happen in advance. And, you know, you, you should tune in. I mean, is it exciting television? No. But, you know, if you're involved in your city, you want to know what's going on here, you, sh you should pay attention to things. Now, let, talk about paying attention to things. The next, the next day, they did have a special meeting of the council because of once again council districts. They did. Yeah, they did. When? That was on Wednesday. Come on, where was I? Ah, uh, you were, you were sleeping, but you woke up in time for the end of the, the vote. Anyhow, um, so basically they had another meeting and all. They asked them to just maybe make some recommendations and decide some stuff and. It was bad timing. It was bad timing because the city of Santa Monica had filed lawsuits and had gone to appellate court and now to the California Supreme Court, and they weren't due to make the decision until the next day. So um, I'm thinking to myself, knowing that it was going to come out on Thursday, why either A, did they not have the meeting after it came out on Thursday or Friday, or you needed a couple of days to, to digest it and have the meeting on Monday? You know, and 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 be able to use that as part of their criteria. Well, no, they they kept saying, "Well, you know, we don't know what they're going to say. We don't know what they're going to say, and we can't make a decision because we don't know what they're going to say. Is Santa America going to win? Is the people in Santa America who's going to win? And what's the decision going to be? So the decision was not to make a decision, and once again, bring it back on September twelfth agenda. 
Because guess what? At September 12th, probably doesn't have enough stuff on, on their agenda anyway. And my point, once again, why, if you had a special meeting for this, why not have a special meeting again? You know, talking about that, I will agree. I will say back to, you know, the, the colony or the uh, theater, they have so much going on prior to the uh, actual agenda starting. Presentations, the, it was over an hour and a half of presentations before they got to yeah. the official city. Of that, that, that's, that's a good point because there's so, and I get it. We want to, we want to recognize groups and people and individuals and all. Absolutely. And, you know, um, who was our, the man who passed away, our, our fundraising, uh, Roy. Roy Wigan. Roy Wigan. Very well done. I, I'm not, I'm not going to say that they shouldn't be doing that stuff, but you're right. If you want to do that stuff, then why not do it before you go to closed session? You know, if closed session starts at, you know, let's say 6 o'clock, well, why not do your presentations at 5 o'clock? 6 o'clock, go to closed session. 7 o'clock, or, you know, I'm sorry, 4 o'clock, do your presentations. 5 o'clock, go to private session. 6 o'clock, start your meeting with your agenda. Because I was told that the council chambers was filled to capacity for the stuff before. They don't, you know, it's just how they, they all... And we're, I'm finding they're doing more presentations, and I know that's the mayor's prerogative, but it takes so much time. You know, they, they want to make all, I think there were four presentations, plus the memorial. And, of course, the key to the city. Oh, that's uh, and, and what exactly is that key open? I'm afraid to say. I don't know. Maybe you know what? The, we might have to maybe go to Story Hardware. Maybe it's, the, uh, maybe it's that mystery room on top of city hall where they used to have the radio tower who knows got to probably open something so with the supreme court decision which what happened was santa monica lost well no no santa monica didn't lose they kind of ruled in the way of of one party but they said we're sending the case back to the appeal court to have a, a further ruling done first so basically, um, I think I have it here. Page yeah, two of our show notes. Right. Um, the California Supreme Court sided with the Pico Neighborhood Association against the city of Santa Monica. So yes, I guess they did against Santa Monica, but in its challenge to Santa Monica's at-large system of electing its council, the Supreme Court sent the case back to the Court of Appeals for an analysis of the issues consistent with their ruling. So they're trying to say, okay, why did you rule that way? And then we can come back and talk to you. Um, the court reversed a, a ruling by lower courts that had favored the city of Santa Monica, but the justice specifically said they were not picking a winner. So they didn't really pick a winner in the case. Instead, the case should be reheard, reevaluated under a different criteria. So what does that mean? What is that for Burbank? What's the... Well, the sad, what, what does that mean, you know? The sad thing is, I think we all realize council districts are coming. They're they're going to divide up our city. Either well, not, not, not sure. if I have any say so in it. Well, but we're, we're two votes versus. <laughs> but who are we, right? I mean. You know, we're two votes. And you know what? I think the voice is reason sometimes. It really kind of gets me. Half of the people in this town, if you ask about council districts, they're going to go, what are you talking about? Yeah, uh, that's that's. 
you know, so the, the council chambers were, were packed the other night, and nobody there at all, hardly for the council district meeting. Right. You know, it was just you know, it was crickets. Nobody spoke. Nobody spoke on it. Oh, maybe yeah, one, one of the. And here's the thing: they they still have to decide. They're still going to have to decide. Okay, how many districts are there going to be? Will it be a full time mayor? Um, are they going to switch to districts? Um, from what I understand, the um. To change it, there's certain things we can do without changing the charter, but to actually to have the districts, we have to change the charter, but we can have five districts without a charter amendment. But then you have to have a charter amendment to have districts. So, you know, you can have as many as you want. So there, there were certain things they were trying to get around in a charter amendment, I, from what I could understand. But it doesn't, correct me if I'm wrong, they still haven't figured out Who's going to be counting the votes for them? Well, that's a, no, that's a whole other subject, too. They, they talked about ranked choice voting. You know, our podcast, what was it, six months ago? Eight, and he was very uh, much, I can't, I can't remember his name, but I'm a huge proponent of ranked choice voting. And he, he's upset that they never had brought it up. Well, now they're bringing it up. And, and one of the things on the agenda was, let's send a request to L.A. County to see, can you guys put together a ranked choice voting system to count votes for us? And the result of the vote was, we're going to hold off till after the March election to ask them. So that vote was three to one with um, Pamela Takahushi saying, no, we're not going to, you know, she voted no. But she wanted, she wanted to ask him right away. It said to get the process in motion. So the rest of the council kind of wants to, wants to wait till after March. And I guess to figure out, is this going to be on the ballot or not? And if it's going to be on the ballot, then How's it going to do on the on election day? And then we can decide if we're going to do ranked choice voting or not. So yeah, now, correct me again if I'm wrong. To set up to do the the voting, the voting and the tallying and all that, is it cost like a million dollars? I I don't think it's cost that much. We should find out. That's a, that's a good question. I, no. I I'm really not sure because we pay the county. Right, we pay the county to right. do we it. We used to do it ourselves. Right. Yeah, Here's we we used to do it ourselves here. You know, and, and city clerk would run the election. Yep. And then you know have the the projector out in the in the oh, I remember foyer well. in city hall, and they'd come out and write down the votes, and we'd all sit out there and, and see the new vote counts. And I remember when we were in a group called Neighborhood Radio Watch, we had CBs, and where the council members lived, we would have somebody at their house to tally because back then they didn't they had nowhere. No, yeah, that's back that's in the right. Day. But it's gonna it's a ton of money. Either way you look at well, it. Well, yeah, I mean, they're, you're right. They're going to have to decide. And I'm going to tell you right now, if, if it comes down to voting for a charter amendment to have districts or not, and this ruling, if they, now, I, I was a little bit, I'm saying no no to the districts. I, I, I want, without a doubt, I want no districts. I and I was going to say we need to fight it no matter what. But if it had this ruling had come down and Stanwick would have lost outright, I'm thinking, okay, well, if we do it, it's going to cost us millions of dollars, and we'll probably, and, and is that the best for our city? But without a clear decision, and the fact that we have some similarities but some differences, until I have a, until I, the state says exactly, the, the state Supreme Court says exactly what they're going to do, I'm saying we fight this. And if it does wind up costing us some money in court, that's what you're talking about changing the way of life in Burbank for generations to come. And, and one of my look at the problems in LA right now in their districts. Now, how many other people are going to jail right now? 
Another guy got sentenced today for like three years or something. Right. And so what you're going to have is this. We're going we're gonna to have districts, and in the districts, you know, District 1 and District, you know, they're going to have a, a project in District 1 or something. And the guy in District 1 says, the guys in District 2 and 3, you know, if you vote for me on this project, I'll vote for you on that project. Oops. And all of a sudden, we're going to start making backroom deals. Yep. Now, I'm not saying that this council is going to, in any way, I think we have a, a good council. But you know what? Down the line, five years from now, 10 years, 20 years from now, it might become political machines. And political machines are going to run this, are going to run the, um, each district. And to me, it's corruption, possible corruption. It's, it's you know, backroom deals. You know, we have five people sitting on, on that dais up there, and all five responsible to every citizen of Burbank. It's a whole different a whole different deal for me. Oh, I agree. And, and like I said, I said, to me, it's dividing our community up. The school district, I'm told, already has their districts formed. They're ready to uh, go march. Yeah, well, I guess it might be nice if it, they haven't said a word to the media about it. Well, so they I haven't guess, said to anybody. No, it's it's I've, I've once again, it's a secret school district. You never yeah. know what goes on in that behind their closed well, doors. There, you know, I've talked to people, and it's not real public. You know, no, you could ask teachers that work in the district and have no clue that the school district is dividing. Well, why, why do you think ten of the nineteen principals left? It was all lack of communication. It wasn't money. It wasn't you know working. It was just they were just fed up with the administration and. You know, and now if they promote from within to a superintendent, what's going to change? I don't want to get into yeah. that because that's not getting. Yeah, I, I agree. It's a whole different subject, but yep. I just think they need to be more transparent in a lot of things they do. Transparent. Transparent. Okay. Like our city is. <laughs> Moving on to Friday. Yeah, let's move on to Friday. Last week it was food tuck. <laughs> wow, it's that's easy and, for you to say, huh? And I got my false teeth in. Food truck Friday. Ah, <clears throat> boy, that one. FTF. Yeah. Oh, watch it. FTF. Well, I'll tell you, it was very successful. <clears throat> the um, there was a ribbon cutting before Food Truck Friday. Oh, that's right. What that uh, um, run out groove run out groove records over on at thirty six oh seven Magnolia. Yep, they're uh, kind of around the corner on Cordova. Okay. Great turnout. I mean, Betty Porto was there, and interesting how records have now come back into our. Well, right there is a video VHS store. Right, it does VHS there on Magnolia. Jeff, who owns Runabout or um, Run Out Groove Records, is on the Cordova side. He's got vinyl in there. He's got some record players in there. Oh, you can buy a record. Because I say, where do you buy a record player? You know, it's like, where do you go to buy a radio even? You can't go to Radio Shack. No. Yeah. In fact, I don't even think Radio Shack even sold radios. But he, um, he Jeff uh, Ferguson is the one that brought back Food Truck Fridays. He opened his business down there. He heard uh, from a lot of the new merchants that are along Magnolia that... Uh, you know, we've got to bring it back. They had over 21 food trucks along the boulevard. I was there for the ribbon cutting, and then I drove up Magnolia. There were a ton of people out walking. I saw, you know, Devin Horanda did a little video and talked to him in, in the video and a little what was going on. So Yeah, I saw that. She, uh, it was a cute little uh, yeah. YouTube. It's on she, my she asked, Yeah, she said, can I do a little video? I said, sure, go ahead. And, and she did a very nice job with it. It was very professional. Yeah, so 
And she, did, she did the editing. She did everything with it. We didn't do a thing oh, to really? help her. Oh, she did it all. So I was very impressed with it. Oh, not bad. And like I said, uh, she did a good job with that. Friday night, Food Truck Friday was successful. Um, Jeff is, you know, the company that comes and cleans up and picks up and all and, the little things that and, go and in. It, ex- explain the benefit of Food Truck Friday. It's just not to have, you know, to have food trucks go out there. What, 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 why is it, for Magnolia Park, why is it a good thing? What, what's the whole reason behind it? All the small, a lot of those shops, how it started many, many years ago, four women that owned dress shops and apparel shops, it was done on the last Friday of the month because they weren't making their rent on the first of the month. So they brought in some food trucks. They were making money on the last Friday of the month. They were able. They were able to make their rent. Well, that had worked for a long time. It grew. Ashley Erickson had taken it over. It had turned into a ladies and gents night out. It went from Hollywood Way all the way up to Florence. Thirty, forty trucks. It was a big thing going on. And then COVID hit. A lot of trucks went out of business. Yeah. And it cost money. Well, a to lot do of it. everything went out of business. Well, it cost a lot of money to put the event on. You got to have police protection. Got to have trash pickup permits. So we couldn't, Magnolia Park, I sit on the Magnolia Park board, the board member. We couldn't afford it. So Jeff went and if you bring in so many trucks, it'll pay for the event. And the, so, so many people pay the trucks, they pay a percentage back to Magnolia Park. Yes, yes. And that, that's the money that then pays for the, you know, for the trash pickup, for the police presence, for all those things, you know? Plus, we have some sponsors. Um, not all the food trucks. We'd like to get a couple more food trucks. But those sponsors help pay for the event. And you can't do it in the cold winter. Magnolia Park merchants used to do it all throughout the year. Well, you find it starts getting yeah. cold. It's probably more of a spring, summertime, or even, even a fall do. event, too. You know. And so now it's only going to be uh, through October. And, of course, November is the big holiday in the park. All in the park. So that's where uh, you'll, again, uh, Food Truck Friday Night. Um, he has a list that goes out. You can go on the website, Magnolia Park Merchants, the website, and find out what food trucks are there. He's got a great mix of food trucks. I'll tell you, from you know ice cream and cookies to lasagna, Latino. Wait, wait, now, where, where's this at? This is all the different food trucks. Along oh, they're, okay, they're in trucks. Okay. So there's a great mix of um, food trucks now. And, you know, it's Burbank is changing, and there's a lot of young people. Yes. I find b- between that early hour of, at you know, around 6 o'clock, you find a ton of people pushing their kids' cart. Their dogs are walking with them, you know, and the businesses – the purpose is to bring out people to go into the businesses. Yeah, and that's exactly it's community. It's community. Yeah, it is. It's unique to Burbank. Yep. Um. Well, moving on to the next day on last weekend, uh, you attended an event for um for Home LA. They had a few a food distribution at um Jocelyn, the parking lot next to the Jocelyn Center. And we, from what we heard, it served over 300 families, lots of food, oatmeal, cooking oils, oh, man. canned foods, the, the, pancake mixes, and they had, cereal. So you were there. Why don't you, uh, and um, 
you know, give us a little rundown on it. Well, they had, um, oh, I don't know how many trucks brought food. It was subsidized by Southern California Gas. Uh, if I recall, it was. Oh, the gas prices the way they are. Thank God they did then. <laughs> uh, they, they, I, I think uh, we have a check. Uh, I ran the story in my Burbank, and there's a check of $175,000. Oh, good for buy them. all the food. They didn't want to turn anybody away. Burbank, there's a lot of people in Burbank hurting. Oh, absolutely. Right it's not probably everywhere hurting. And so they, they served, it was set up. Um, Home LA got a nonprofit in town. Gain Credit Union helped. They had 15 or so employees there. Um, Noon Rotary, uh, Morning Sunshine Rotary. There were organizations there to help. And what they did. You know, we have the, we have the, we have the Morning Rotary. We have the Noon Rotary. Right. Do we have a supper rotary now? I don't think so. Okay. But I tell you, the the bags that they filled and they people got not just one bag put in their car, they got two or three bags. I mean, peaches, uh spaghetti sauce, cooking oil, pancake mix, cereal, syrup, oatmeal, bottles of ketchup, bottles of honey, um cans of tuna, cans of chicken breast, a pound of rice. Boxes of ramen, um, cans of refined beef. You got a ton of stuff. Right. And didn't you tell you there was like um, cars just, you know, the down the street waiting to get in? And out it, it was Griffith Park, down to Olive, up all the way past Virginia. They served in two hours. They took care of 300 cars. Nobody left without, they, they took everybody in line. It was such, um, the turnover was real quick. Home LA is going to do it again during the holiday season. Okay. We'll let people know in advance, Tim, we're going to do it also, because I'm sure they will. Well, they found the location is real good, because there's no ball games at that early hour, yeah. between uh, 8 and 10. So they had the full use of that lot. And um, like I said, they had, the food was amazing that they would give you, and um, like I said, I saw a lot of people, some studio workers, you know, driving up. Those are the people that, you know, you take two, three hundred dollars worth of groceries, and those people aren't getting money now. Yeah, and I, I don't care what they say about studio. The the, the the workers who are not on strike but are being affected by the strike, they're the ones hurting right now because they didn't they didn't vote for this. They didn't ask to go out, and they don't get a benefit of a new contract when it you know. When it comes out, they're going to go hopefully get back and do their their job again. But. Oh, they do. Uh, you know, I you know I noticed. I looked uh, on some of our old stories during COVID. You remember we had listed some of the restaurants that their hours and so forth. We might think about combining putting that list together because there's several restaurants here in Burbank that if you are a union member or you have any ID showing that you work in production. They will uh, give you a discount yeah. on your food. And that's just, I mean, just having a union card for writers or actors, that's nice. But then all the other jobs, you know, the, the prop houses and the well, they everybody else. Up, so, so you can prove you work at a thing. I think, you know, that, that you should take care of them I also. I think it's uh, Tequila's was doing it. I know Hill Street Cafe. Um, I believe I just saw a couple of the others in well, town. Well, why don't we say if you're a restaurant and you're going to provide a discount to industry people right now during the strikes, let us know. Let us know. And we'll uh, we will put a list together for. Because right now they, it's you know, 
And as we see on the news, I don't think this strike's going to end tomorrow. No, probably not. Um, also on the weekend, we had a story come out. We had a, one of our readers contact us and said, we have had a peeping Tom suspect come to our house twice now in July and August, and they had, you know, still pictures of him. But, so they sent it to us and said, you know, we want to get the word out that this guy is around here looking in people's w- windows, and I guess they have a daughter, and he'd come around in the middle of the night and look inside her window while she was sleeping. And thank goodness it didn't bother her. She didn't wake up or anything else. And the first night, they didn't um, realize that it happened because they had their phone on silent and they weren't getting notifications in the middle of the night. But after that first night, they upped their security cameras and everything else. And this time when he showed up uh, like three weeks later, boom, they were, they were warned right away and they scared, they scared him off. But so we contacted Burbank police and they said, oh, yeah, yeah, we're looking for him. We want the public's help. And it's like, well, why didn't you let us know in advance then? You know, that's, I, I read that, and I read that the police department replied to you that they're investigating it. I'm sorry, this is now the second case that why aren't they being, you know, coming out and saying, we had the incident at the bookstore. Yeah. Why? All we got was one line from Burbank police. We're not going to talk about it anymore. And then it, it was a big Glendale thing. Yeah. Okay. Now we have this one. And the response that we get from the police are, we're investigating. And, and we didn't even know. If the re- resident didn't contact us, nobody would have known about it. Yeah. Because she wasn't getting, I guess, any satisfaction. She goes, I want people to know about this. And, no. you know, why wouldn't and the police said, yes, we want the public's help in finding him. Well, how are you asking the public to help you? Well, the other question that I want to bring up here, Craig, is. I heard last week after the police commission meeting that this new task force that L.A. and L.A. County put together, right. Glendale PD, Burbank is in. Have we heard anything Not a from word. Burbank that no. they're involved in this? They they talked about it at the press conference. And, and we have our Macy's here and our other high-end department stores. I know people else. that are scared to death to go to and, the mall. Yeah, and, and yeah, not a word about, you know, we're involved in this and we're taking precautions. I mean— I don't think we've gotten, the only release we've gotten from Burbank Police is we're going to have a DUI checkpoint, and that's because they have to put it out, I think, by law. Right. And, you know, we won't tell you where it is, but we're going to have one. Yeah. Um, kind of just gets me that. Uh, and, of course, you know, here it is Monday, and we got, we got no release saying, how did the checkpoint go? Did they arrest anybody? Did they? Did they have it? I don't even know if they had it. Either do I. Yeah. It's, so, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's kind of disturbing. But. So, well, so people small know, just, so people know this happened. I think in the uh, I can't remember exactly six hundred or eight hundred block of Kenwood, or correct. And um, um, I did not use the family's name or their exact address because I, I thought for privacy, they, you know, it shouldn't be put out. But but in that area, and I know your son's got young daughters too, you know, and I'm sure he's now he knows about it. Well, and he and, has. Uh, if you notice what the gentleman said when he wrote to you, that they had a motion light. The camera they put up was with a motion light. Uh, My son's house, he does have a camera with a motion light. You walk anywhere off the sidewalk, that light goes on. Live in color, baby. Oh, yeah. He has a camera at the point on his driveway, on his front porch. I just, you know, there's cameras available. $35 now 
Wave, I think it is Waze. Yeah. Well, we have we have I have ring cameras here besides my my home security system, and every time it it motions, it saves it saves the cloud, and you go look later, and it's a pretty clear picture. Well, they're they're getting better. That was a problem that this gentleman uh, I noticed. Yeah, they're, they're very you know you couldn't make somebody out. It was more of an infrared type picture than it was right. a, you know. So and there was no light on it, but I still put the pictures on the things just in case. Right. People need to be aware. You know what goes on outside your house, and uh, this guy kind of creepy. You know, well, here, and the interesting thing that kind of bothers me little, now that we can't hear bring police anymore is we used to hear the stuff that you know a lot goes on between midnight and six. Oh yeah, you know a lot goes on, and now we have no no idea anymore what's going on. You know who who knows what's going on in this city anymore. Yep, and that 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 to me is is disturbing by itself. Is the fact transparency has now gone out the window. Well, and thing. You're right. Things can go on now. If there was, okay, yesterday at Del Amo Mall or yeah. a couple of days ago, would we ever know? You know, if things go on in our city, will we ever be told, you know, or, or find out about it so the community can know? Burbank's a tight community, you know, and that's how you keep it safe. Yeah, well, there's a real media blackout now, so it's really not a, it's not a good situation. Not, not when people need to be informed. Right. Yep. Well, with that, we're going to take a quick break here, and we will be right back with you. Say you're broke. How would you like your business advertised in this very spot? My Burbank Talks is looking for local businesses interested in a 30-second spot to appear in our podcasts. If you're interested, please email advertising at myburbank.com, and we'll be glad to discuss all of the exciting possibilities with you. Now, back to our podcast. Okay, everybody, we're back with you, and now for the week that will be, which is the week that is currently going on. To start with, Ross, they've done it again. We've had this week, not a lot going on this week, really. Is that because Labor Day? Well, yeah. you got to yeah. get ready for it? Yeah, I, have to get, I guess so. You've got to clean the barbecue. There's, there's three meetings this week. Three meetings. And one on Tuesday is called dark. It means the city council is not going to meet on Tuesday. No, you know, I think that's an official meeting now. Dark, dark meeting, dark meeting, dark meeting. Well, you know, you know, it's funny. There's an action agenda that says dark meeting. It says, you know, they're not going to have a, a meeting. It's kind of funny to have an agenda out for nothing. But that's who knows. That's probably Brown Act stuff. Um, Brown Act. So Can we have a so, so we, we have a button for that for the Brown Act. Act? Well, I don't know. Uh, maybe uh, no, nah, I don't think we have a button for it. Oh, okay. Um. Anyhow, so there's two meetings going to be held. That were held tonight. That's it. There's two meetings a week, and they're going to be both held tonight, and they're both at the same time. So why why couldn't we have one meeting on Wednesday, one tonight? So if someone wanted to go to both meetings, they could. No, you you got to pick your meeting if you want to go see meetings. So I, I don't understand the philosophy behind you know seven meetings last week, three meetings this week, but only two being held and t- at the same exact time. Doesn't make sense to me. Once again, who's talking to who? Where's transparency in the city as far as, you know, people want to be involved in things? I, I, I don't know. It's... So we had um, the planning commission met at 6 o'clock, and they had, we were going to hear about a, a, they had a public hearing on a, on a zone text amendment to modify the existing development standards for accessory dwelling units and junior accessory dwelling units. So that's kind of, um, you know, just talking about ADUs and stuff, like, you know, you know, I want to I, I want to interject something here. There was a fire in town today, I believe, up in the two thousand block of Kenwood. Kenwood, yes. 
And I heard them get on scene, and they had smoke visible. They had they had a house. It was it was an I think an attic fire. Yeah, but then there was an ADU behind that was involved in fire. You know, you think about people building ADUs. You drive down the street, you can't tell there's ADUs in people's backyards. So the fire department gets on scene. You see some smoke. You go in the first house. You got an ADU burning in the back. I mean, the, it just kind of gets me that the firemen are now supposed to have ESP and know what's in people's backyards because people can build them. And yeah. How will they know? Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a real good point. Uh, the Community Development Goals Committee had a meeting. What's that? What's that known as? Um, the CDBG. A good friend, Glenn Duke. May he rest in peace. He loved working on that committee, and he always would say CDBG. And everybody would say, what does CBGG mean? Oh, really probably, he could pronounce it faster than anybody else. So, And, and their whole meeting is about uh, programs for the fiscal year 23-24 and an upcoming schedule for fiscal year 24-25. So, so just want to— It didn't really stay on the agenda what the—you know, it's a very limited presentation on the agenda, so— you know what I, I I think I should probably explain. CDBG stands for Community Development Block Grants. These yes. are federal funds that are given to each city. Burbank has a committee um, that decides where those funds go. So if you didn't know what, as I said it fast, CDBG meant was Community Development Block Grants. I'm pretty sure it seems like the same organizations all get them every year, the same grants and the same thing. And this yeah, is more, it's pretty well broken down. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's, it goes to it goes to needy sources. It's not you know. Well, it is also handicap ramps in parts of the city that need to be replaced, stuff like that. The things that the federal government puts money aside for. Well, Tuesday, that being tomorrow, or who knows what day it is when you're watching or listening to this later. Uh, it's supposed to be, I, from what I hear, hot, hot, hot. And um, I did put hot, hot, hot. <laughs> hot, hot, I? hot. It says use the cooling centers, but we never got any kind of a notice from the city saying where the, if there were cooling centers or where they would be. But I know in the past they've used the Buena Vista Library. And I also just suggested go go see a a week a weekday meet, a movie at AMC. They're, they're air-conditioned theaters. And the, char- the, the uh, price of tickets. Went back from four dollars to two two hundred dollars, yeah. but there are you got the libraries, Burbank Town Center, air conditioning blowing in that place all the time. I bet they would some of their security people would love to see new faces. <laughs> I'd love to see any faces, you know. But tomorrow and it's you know we put it down. If you have a relative or a neighbor that is climbing up there. They, they they might not be able to pay their power bill, so they turned it off. Tomorrow's not the day to turn it off. Check on your elderly. Check on your neighbor. You know, and for yourself, I highly uh, say. Besides that, stay well hydrated. Well, the the, the my Burbank Weather Center hit a hundred today at twelve thirty eight. So wow. And usually it's the hottest times are usually three three or four o'clock. So, and that's and it's supposed to be hotter tomorrow. Hotter so. tomorrow. It's gonna be it's gonna be roasting out there. Yeah, 
save on gas and and roast and and scramble your eggs in the sidewalk on the hood of your car. I remember when people have tried that. It's going to be toasty. It's uh, I believe there's weather alerts, heat alerts have been put out. I know LA City has put stuff out about uh, their cooling centers. Again, I have been a victim of dehydration more than once. It happened to us right here at the studio a couple weeks ago. I was out covering a story, and I was out in the heat without a hat on for over an hour. I didn't replenish my water, and I got, Craig wasn't sure if I was going to sign out. I don't know if I want to give you water or just hose you down. Or call 911. And if you talk to people at the hospital, when you can't think straight, when your body is just so wet and you're, you know, you can't understand things, probably dehydration. Happened to Jay Leno a couple of years ago. Parted him off to the hospital and found out two days later it was dehydration. I'll, I'll tell you a little secret that maybe it might help people. Your body only has so much energy in it, of course, you know, and you put food in to recharge your batter, batteries and all that. But if your eyes start to get sore, that's when you've hit the 75% mark because your eyes take more energy than any other part of your body. So when your eyes start getting sore, that means you're trying to run out of energy. And that's from my, my baseball days. That's why I all wear sunglasses. A better, you're outside, wear sunglasses, because without sunglasses, your eyes use a lot more energy. So by having sunglasses on, it helps protect your, protect your eyes, you know, your vision and everything, but it also helps your body energy in the long run, too. Yeah, you know, it's those little warnings. Just take note. And God forbid, do not leave your dog or your kids in a car and let them cook to death. Literally. Yeah. Um, I, I, people and it think, happens every year. Oh, we, hear, we used to hear calls all the time. Cars in a parking lot. I just was running in for something. And then you get you run into the store and you don't realize you run into an old neighbor and you're talking for 20 minutes while your dog is in a car that's 150 degrees. Or like, like the people who want to leave their car running and to get something and they forget it. You know, someone comes and steals their car with their kid inside it. You know, and, and don't I mean not not funny because it happens. I mean, yeah, th- this is real life, people. You know, there there are bad people out there looking for opportunities. Opportunities, you better believe it. Okay, let's move to um, let's move to Friday. Not a lot going on. I said this is a, it's a very quiet week as the, the holiday approaches us. On Friday, we're going to have a uh, what 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 do you call it? It's a um, well, it's a change, a command, of command. Cha- change of command. Yes, in the fire department, where our current fire chief uh, Eric Garcia is going to bid adieu, and they're going to welcome uh, Danny Alvarez. Who just was the chief at Santa Monica and now coming to Burbank as of t- September 1st. Coming back to Burbank. Yeah, coming back to Burbank. And they're going to have a ceremony at Fire Station 11 on the apparatus floor. I'm sure you're going to be there to, I am. to chronicle it and uh, see what goes on. So, Boy, I, I have to add another number to how many chiefs I've answered to since I started shooting. But uh, Danny is familiar with uh, the Burbank Fire Department. He's been uh, here before. and. When they placed um, Chief Garcia in the place of the chief seven years ago, seven or eight years ago, it was up between Eric Garcia and Danny Alvarez. They both had the same amount of education merits. Well, at that time, the city manager chose Eric Garcia. Danny was the um, 
deputy chief. Well, Danny found a better job at the time. He wanted to be chief, so he went to Santa Monica. They have, I think, one less station than Burbank. I think he was only there nine months, too. Yeah, he, he was, but um, coming back to Burbank. So the only thing, there's a the last class. You probably won't know them that well, you know, but it's okay because I see these guys, and I don't know them. You know, I'm around a yeah, lot. Yeah, but more. weren't you there when he was a rookie coming in? I was. I have pictures of Danny being, you know, all these chiefs. That's what gets me. You know, I've been doing this for 50 years. And, yeah, when he was uh, a rookie. So he'll be taking the reins as of September 1st and uh, so forth. Well, my first suggestion is figure out a way to get a fourth paramedic unit in Burbank. <laughs> That's my Did you first. hear that yesterday? No. Wait, wait, Burbank was all busy and they were rolling. Oh, well, that happens all the time. They're rolling Glendale or Pasadena paramedics into Burbank because they're just. Well, the other problem is, as they call it, wall time. When they take somebody into a hospital now and there's no beds, those paramedics are tied up. Yes. And they don't realize you got an emergency call. You can't say, well, we don't. It's like roll. And they do. And they're hearing the calls go out and saying, we need to get out of here and go to that. But they can't. They're stuck. You know, and you're talking about a heart attack somewhere and, and you're rolling an RA from Pasadena. Oh, yeah. That, that's a 20 minute trip. And yeah, you have an engine company who's close by, but they don't have what a paramedic unit has with it, you know, and the, the equipment and the drugs and everything else. Well, all, all Burbank engines now, besides the guys having EMT status, they've all been paramedics on those rigs. So they know a little more now and they can start. And, and, uh, uh, that, that's a job that's just extremely honorable. I am very, uh, I'm very. Grace to all those people. I thank goodness I haven't needed them in a while or at all, but I'm sure that day will come and you're you're in their hands. And why don't you you might as well plug that EMS program that you're a member of. That's true. I am I've been a member of the EMS program in Burbank for easily fifteen years, maybe twenty years. And my dad had to one time, you know, before he passed, he had to go to the hospital and and um they transported him. And it was funny because I actually got a bill for $1,200. And I went up to the department and I said, wait, why, why did I get a bill here when I'm in your apartment? And um, I think I think it was, I want to say maybe Mark Hatch at the time. He said, let me have that. He went and said, it's taken care of. Don't worry about it. It's in the system. I never saw another bill again. But it's $5 a month. For $5 a month, Everybody in your household is covered on any Burbank paramedic call. And I do say Burbank paramedic call. If you're in L.A., you're still at their mercy. But if they come to your house in Burbank and have to transport, I mean, the minimum amount, I think, is around 1500 now. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they charge more if they turn the siren on to take you to the hospital. And they have to turn the sirens on now because they have to get you there quicker so that you can become available sooner for another call. So it, it's a vicious circle. But uh, it's something that... It's a good program for $5, I mean, really, $60 a year. And you can you can sign up with your water and power bill. Yeah, it's on your water and power bill every month. It's just flawless. Yeah, I, I highly recommend it. It's something that, um, it, it's a great program in Burbank. Yep. And there's another celebration. There is. On Friday. Burbank High is having a birthday. And, and for once, you can say that you were not at the first one. 
because <laughs> Burbank High is turning 115 years old. Happy birthday. And they're having oh, no. a, a special anniversary party. Um, I guess the, the special guest is going to be the class of, 80, of 1967's Anson Williams, who, um, who we all know from Happy Days. And uh, he was a Burbank High graduate, like I say, in 67. So um, I think that, I, wait, I don't think 67, is that 67 correct? Wait, my sister was 63. Ron is, yeah. Ron is 72. Yeah. So, he, so he, I'm he was, not sure. Maybe that. Was he five years older than Ron, I guess? or That's what they told me, the okay. person that texted me. They have a lot going on. I thought he was younger. I could see 77, but uh, you know what? You know, maybe somebody got it. It's either 67, 77, or who knows. But but he is a graduate of Burbank High. Was in happy days. And, and I guess has a nice little career besides that, you know? Yeah. Well, they got a lot going on. They got the home, the football game is at Burbank High. Yeah. Normally, you know, they do it at Memorial Stadium. That night, they're doing it at Burbank High. There's activities around the campus. I believe each year is going to be representative represented. And uh, lots of uh, activities and so forth. We might have somebody be able to cover that besides our sports guys. Well, we'll take a look at that. Um, don't forget, we have the the, the um, Labor Day weekend coming up. And thank goodness the temperatures will probably go down a little bit for that. So we're going to have um, a better, you know, a little bit. You can go outside and, and do some things. But it's funny. It's, back in the day, that was always the last weekend before school would start. And now it's it was three weeks in the school. I, I feel bad for those kids in hundred degree classrooms. But back then we didn't have air conditioning. You know what else we we had back then? They don't have now smog days. Oh Remember yeah, those smog you, days. You couldn't see the Burbank Hills. I would sit. I would sit out there at Stevenson Elementary School on the on the on the um, the asphalt. You know, on the playground. You couldn't see the hills. That's you right. couldn't see. It was just gray, and you didn't you, you didn't think twice about it. Yep. That's what we were all breathing in back then. So they had smog days. You had to stay inside and everything else. And um, it all, it's all improved. You know. Well, you also remember Labor Day weekend? What telethon was always there? It was always a Jerry Lewis telethon. For years for him. Yeah. You no, know, they and they when he passed away, things changed. And we, you know what? We'd all watch it. But you know why? Because there was no cable TV and 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 streaming services back then. You know. So right. That, and it's just like in the middle of the day on a Monday, there's nothing to watch. That's right. So you always watch that for some reason. Yep. He raised a lot of money for MDA, and I know they still probably could use donations. I know some uh, people that have uh, mus muscular dystrophy. So, Well, we don't have a Ross's rant this week because Ross is actually, actually content in his life, which I don't believe that, but he wants us all to believe that. But I'm going to give you a gripe. I've uh -oh. got a gripe. And my gripe is very simple. And once I say what the gripe is, you're going to agree. Where are all the 24-hour restaurants in Burbank? We have lost the ability to eat basically after 10 o'clock at night. And to me, that's a huge, I mean, you know, you and I are both late night, per, you know, because a lot of things go on at nighttime. And even after our show, we're recording our show, if we're listening live, you know, it's, it's, um, Right now it's what ten forty six p.m. You know, so we would usually go out and get some, you know. And the only option we have in the city of Burbank is Denny's by the airport. That's it. So, Coral Cafe, not twenty four hours anymore. Bob's, Bob's, not twenty four hours anymore. Um, Frank's, Frank's, not twenty four. Not even open. 
Um, but there's no there's nowhere in Burbank to eat at night, late at night. And what about the people who do work until midnight or one o'clock, and they you know, and they need to go out and and before it was funny because even the people didn't the bars closed at two. So I know at Bob's and some restaurants between one thirty and three. They'd always be busy with the bar crowd that you know, left the bars at you know one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. Where do they go now? Everybody has to leave the city and go eat somewhere else. Yeah, and and personally, I I don't like leaving Burbank, but two, you know, I, I know COVID changed a lot of things, but there used to be production companies that worked twenty four hours. You know, they don't just work nine to five anymore. That's a, f- a field, and there's different things in this city that do operate 24 hours. None yeah. of those. I mean, I get a, I get a small town where there's a small town, and and you know, the sidewalks all closed at you know eight o'clock at night, and everybody's at home, and you know, sitting by their fire, and you know, whatever they do. But we're in Burbank here. We're the media capital. When, when movies end, and everything else. Where are people now going to spend their their? You know, you you gotta get out of movie at 10 o'clock. Where are you going to go spend your money now? Well, I have to go to Glendale. I have to go to North Hollywood. I have to go somewhere else and spend my money at night. So I, I understand the reasons, you know, I mean, restaurants are there to make money. They're not a public service. But my advice to these restaurants is be open later. Because there's a lot, if you're the only, if you're the only game in town, people are going to show up. You know, close right. cl- close at 2 a.m., close at 3 a.m. And, and, and be closed until. I love the next day. That's fine. But there's nowhere to eat. And, and I got to tell you, Denny's, it's, all, I mean, it's all right, but it's not really where I want to go. And it's not, you know, I do like to spend my money with a local business, you know, where it's going to help a, a local person, you know, Denny's is a corporation. Well, uh, when we've gone there, we've seen a homeless person living out the front door. Inside, there's a guy that sleeps in the back booth. It looks like he's taking up residency there. And what, what, did you, what did we see last week there? What, what, who left his little tinkle there inside? Oh, yeah. A guy walks in with a dog, <laughs> and he dog pees on the corner of the counter. And, and, and nobody knew about it. If you wouldn't have said something to the, to the guy, he goes, really? <laughs> I go, yeah, look down there. It's, it's, unless, you, unless you have a, a yellow food coloring on the ground down there, then... So that's that's my gripe is the fact that we've lost all of our you know and I I talked to the um the people of Coral and I said you know I yeah I, I've got certain rules I, I never go to a restaurant the last hour it's open because I think you know number one all, all the waiters and waitresses are trying to do their side work to get out of there on time because they don't get paid at when the rest you know when they close so they're busy doing their side work and they're not busy worrying about you. The cooks are getting things cleaned up in the kitchen and whatever's got laying around, they're just going to use it quickly. And I think there's a lot of, you know, I, I just don't like the last hour of restaurants open. I just think it's a, you know, it's, it's more of a calamity. It's not the same. No, it's a calamity is what it is. You know, and you're, then you're, you're just a victim of the calamity and it's nobody doing it on purpose. Just the way, you know, if you paid waiters and waitresses an extra half hour after the place was closed to do their work, it wouldn't happen, but they don't do that. You know? Yeah, it's no fun going in when they're vacuuming. Yeah, the floor where when you're eating, they're, they're you filling the, the bottles up, and they're yeah. you know, I, yeah, all that stuff going on. Um, so, but I have talked to I've talked to the people at Coral, and they said, you know, 
we really don't make a lot of money all night. And besides that, we're actually having trouble hiring people to work. I get that. I get that. I get that. You know, that's our, our new society now. But I don't know. I, I don't know what the solution is, but it's just, I'm saying this to you, if you have a restaurant out there, think about being the only, the only game in town. Because well, it kind of gets me, you know, all these office buildings that are in the media district. I wonder, you know, a lot of those people are going over to the Warner Brothers property, the buildings that they built. What are they going to do? Because not everybody wants to work in an office anymore. I wonder if some of these high rises are going to see turn into residential. And then if you do, more people are going to want to eat. Well, on past Riverside, we had in that area, we have a, what, 24 restaurants in a three block area with four different coffee houses. So I don't think it's a, uh, I don't think it's going to be a situation where you can't, get a, I'll tell you how many is going to, two years from now, I mean, still be in business. Well, you know, we are, I have put together a list and we're going to have a special podcast. Yes. Back in the day. Back in the day. And I compiled this list over a hundred different restaurants that have come and gone in Burbank. Some are very well known and some oh. are our favorites. Yeah. And they still didn't, uh, they didn't yeah. make it. People retired. Sometimes right. because they just went out of business. You yep. know, I mean, not enough public support. Talks about it today. Gourmet 88. Yesterday there was their last day. 27th. The guy decided to retire the owner. They also got a rent increase. You know, at least, uh, you know, so he decided. Well, right, we're going to look into that because there's also somebody on. Uh, we have a new bookkeeper we're, we're looking at. And she said there's a restaurant on. Alameda, I guess, across from the Trader Joe's, a little pizza place, and he's being kind of forced out by high rent now, too. So I'm thinking to myself, you know, we're worried about, and, and, and rightfully so, we're worried about residents being forced out with high rents and, and renovations and all these things. But what about our small business owners who are now being told, oh, your rent's high? You know, we had that problem at Magnolia Park for a while where they're, they're raising the rents to these, these businesses, these mom-and-pop businesses, and they said, we don't make enough to pay that rent, you know. We don't. We don't. We don't work to put food on your table. We work just to survive. Well, you think about it. That's a lot of cup of coffees to pay rent, you know, and and some of the other things. It's well, I, you know, it's funny. I years ago, I always wondered how many. You know, you had, you had Xerox places everywhere. You wanted a Xerox. Right. You know, I, 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 I mean, a copy. Xerox is a, is a trade name, but you know what I'm talking about. So you wanted a Xerox or something. You wanted a copy of a you know, whatever it was, four or five pages, you'd go into a place, and it was five cents a copy, and you'd make your five copies or your ten copies, and be 50 cents or a dollar. And I used to wonder, how many copies do you have to sell in a day to, you know, A, pay your rent, pay your utilities, pay your employees, and then still make money? And, and guess what? How many copy places do you see nowadays? You don't see many. Well, also back in the day, here in Burbank, I happen to know probably a half a dozen printing places. They used to print scripts. Yeah. So they made their money on production companies bringing in their scripts, and they would have to have them done the yeah, next. Yeah, two or three cents a page, and yep. it was, yeah, they used to that all the time. But now? Right now? I, I, doesn't, I think my, my dad used to go to print all the time and have typesetting done. Well, <laughs> you go to a you know, I remember back then, Gordon Rouse at Burroughs, oh, yeah. and you had to set type with 
the, the little um, lead things and 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 put them into a, a linotype. Linotype, yeah. So you know, people don't. Really, well, go before are, that. Are we, are we that old? Over at Jordan, I had Frank Pellegrino, Mister Pellegrino, with his crew cut hair, black haircut, and he was the print. I love going into the print shop. That thing smelled. I would inhale as much as I could. <laughs> but I remember doing all the tickets for the school productions and all that in print shop. And then when we got to go to Burroughs, I love having print shop in that 500. And, and Gordon Rouse was, 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 was a great guy. He really was. He just, he, you know, his philosophy was, I'm down here. Nobody knows in the administration where I'm at. I'm at the, at the end of the school. I'll just do my own thing. Yeah, and it's all good, you know. So he rests like, in peace. Like the shops over at um at at Jordan, you know. We, I, I was always lucky enough to have Chester Foos. Yep, Mister Foos. And you used to get in trouble with him. He'd go, "Yo, Sherwood, out by the fence, out by the fence." You know, he was he was a, I guess a, a German yeah. person, and he had that German accent, and he had a temper. And Don Holler, I remember in in drafting, and yeah, it's they don't have those classes. No. anymore it's unfortunate it's unfortunate because your auto shops your i mean who's going to fix your car when it breaks down who's going to fix you know who's going to come in and and be your handyman to to build a cabinet for you who's you know is it going to a kia is not always the answer you know i mean so i i think that you know our schools are doing a disservice and not having more trade classes because not you know what even if 60 to 70 percent of the people Go to college, and of those, maybe forty percent graduate from college. That still leaves twenty five percent who never even go, and they need to get jobs, and they need to have, and they may not want to read a book or or punch a computer. They may want to work with their hands, and they want you know to get an internship somewhere and learn it, learn a trade. And we need those people, but we're not preparing those people for the, the workforce. Yeah, it's unfortunate because, you know, I I remember. I had Dave Goodlaw in auto shop, and next door was Danny Gantz in advanced auto. But I had Mr. Goodlaw for years. Good old Dave. I still, to this day, do things that he, if I have a problem with a car, I take. And what did he teach you? You go look at a car, tire, you know, you spell things out. Electrical, you know, you start with your battery. I still go by all those things that I learned in high school from. Oh, good valuable information. Well, that was my gripe. Is that we got off track, but still, I'd like to see more restaurants or any restaurant being open to twenty four hours in Burbank, or at least late at night. Um, we always want to hear your thoughts, so please leave us a comment or send us an email, and we'll look it over and even talk about it. Maybe so. Yeah, write us. You know, we have some great podcasts. If you go to myburbank.com or my Burbank Talks, we um, Devin last week. Did a great podcast with Linda Murphy, who is an Olympic star. She taught here in Burbank. Olympic, you know, she's in the, in the Olympics, Olympics, you know, yeah. and, and helped start women's sports. Here in Burbank. Um, that that's a, was a great podcast. Ashley Erickson has a couple of great ones. You know, so take a look and uh, listen to our podcast, My Burbank Talk. Absolutely. Easy My for voice. you to say. Don't get all, you have to get all choked up about it. <laughs> okay, everybody, that's it for uh, another week. Of the week that was, and of course, the week that will be. Enjoy your uh, Labor Day weekend. Be safe. And we will talk to you next week. My Burbank Talks would like to thank all of my Burbank's advertisers for their continued support. Burbank Water and Power, 
Cusimano Real Estate Group, UME Credit Union, the Burbank Chamber of Commerce, Gain Credit Union, Providence St. Joseph Medical Center, Community Chevrolet, Media City Credit Union, UCLA Health, Tequila's Cantina and Grill, UPS Store on 3rd Street, and Hill Street Cafe.